0: welcome to this week's hotel analyst podcast your weekly dose of 20 minutes or so of thoughts uh, of matters of the moment in and around the hotel investment space uh, looking at uh, not just hotels but sometimes other buildings with beds. And this week we are starting, uh, that is me, Chris bound the editor at Hotel Analyst and Andrew Sankster, the editor or director of Hotel Analyst. This week we are starting with a look at the tightening uh, reins of the funders and what impact that's having on uh, hotels in and around the UK um, and particularly the mid-scale hotel groups where, whisper it, there seems to be a little bit of shuffling of portfolios and some of that is probably down to a need to reduce uh, levels of indebtedness as uh, people come towards uh, the end of uh, debt deals and they realise that they're perhaps not going to get a, a refinancing deal on the same terms. Banks are likely to be asking for slightly more collateral, a slightly lower uh, loan to value um, as they look more concerned at uh, higher rates of return that are required and greater interest cover and so we've seen a number of uh, individual hotel deals recently um, uh, as as companies such as Apex Hotels sold down one of their London properties they said they're getting out of that one and will be looking for some other regional properties which doubtless may be a bit cheaper um, and then also we've uh, we've seen uh, other other groups selling down, Peel Hotels I think now have probably finished their disposals to relieve themselves of their debt um, and these are opportunities for Others to come in. DeLarda has bought the Apex Hotel in London to add to their portfolio. Um, And I was speaking to Jeremy Jones at Christy Inco who says he's seeing a a fair few Asian, Southeast Asian groups coming in and buying uh, these properties that come to market as well. So uh, an interesting kind of tumble of modest change as um, uh, those with mid-market portfolios are obliged and forced to really sift through the details and work out which uh, property or properties from their portfolios are the ones they can uh, l- best afford to get rid of as they need to improve their balance sheets.
1: Yeah we used the headline ICR is a new LTV um, previously but uh, it will yet again apply mm-hmm. in this situation. I mean it is this interest cost which is the big block now and is the thing that's creating a lot of problems um, with regard to refinancing. But the challenge of course is that uh, um rates have gone up probably are going up um, faster and harder than most people had anticipated and this is making it um, quite a tricky situation and certainly um, we're already at at a position where we haven't seen rates this high for 15 years um, and I think there are clear signs that it's going to be carry on going. Um, higher. Um, I took a look at a presentation from the economic consultancy Capital Economics Um, and they they looked in particular they had a little webinar after the Bank of England had its latest um, well slightly a shock I guess the the 50 basis point rise took it all the way up to five percent. So they had a webinar talking about that and they said well the sort of the bad news is that it's probably going to keep going up they're anticipating at least 25 basis points the market is actually indicating it might go sort of beyond six percent which is going to be truly uh, painful i think if we get to that level Um, what's interesting is capital economics were at the hawkish end of the spectrum they were forecasting you know um, it was going to be higher um a while back um when most people were saying oh it's going to top out at four four and a half percent they said no we're going to get to the sort of fives um now they're at the 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 dovish <laughs> end of, of of things um as as things are really looking quite quite grim at the moment um but there is this kind of uh, inverse relationship between um uh, what we've got to coming ahead in terms of the, the, the depth of the recession and um, how quickly we'll see rates cut back again so the worse the recession and it's looking more and more likely that we're going to be having a recession either at the end of this year or early into next year um, the quicker the rate cuts will come or at least that uh, um, the when they come they'll come a lot quicker so the outlook from capital economics is that not only are they saying it's going to be higher than even they are anticipating it's going to be higher for longer than they are anticipating
0: Mm. so
1: a a general bad bit of news but they are saying that at you know at the back end of next year um cuts are going to start and they're thinking it's their thinking is that it's going to go all the way back down to about three percent which i suggest is um looking very attractive right now especially if we do get anywhere near that six percent which would be uh, um, quite scary. Now there does seem to be a slight issue with the UK relative to some of our um, uh, sort of peers um, such as in North America or in the Eurozone. Um, With the exception of Germany um, the UK economy is performing the worst. Um, Capital economics suggested uh, three reasons. Um, The most important was the relative weakness in uh, real consumer spending. Our consumers just aren't spending as much as those in America or in continental Europe. Um, This is combined with weak government spending and um, that dreaded b-word Brexit of course which is um, there and the trade impacts from Brexit are uh, um, um, amplifying some of these uh, problems for the UK. Although they do stress it's not Brexit is the primary cause, they suggest that the, the biggest cause is this um, weakness in real consumer spending. So the next 12 to 18 months does look pretty grim. Um, Beyond that though, um, you know, we are going to come out of this um, and you know, there are going to be uh, brighter spots ahead after you know, what looks like uh, um, a tricky period including a, a recession.
0: Now let's talk about something perhaps a little brighter and that is um, there's some sort of rather large portfolios coming up for sale. Despite official denials, there seem to be unofficially um, some big opportunities on offer including Travel Lodge, the UK uh, budget hotel business and Village Hotels, of course joining Centre Parks uh, on the for sale list um, and also uh, more recently we've heard from Whitbread, they're thinking of perhaps selling some of their portfolio of, of restaurants and food and beverage operations as well. So the question is uh, these large large Slugs of, of uh, hospitality businesses are coming to the market, or, or certainly someone's being asked to test whether the market would like them. Um, who's got the money? Has got one point two billion pounds for Travelodge, uh, perhaps six hundred million for Village Hotels, and um, several billions for Centre Parks. There's apparently there's a wall of money. Um, perhaps those holding it are coming to the point where they decide they need to actually place it, uh, despite. All the upsets of recent times, and um, if they do want to place it, then here's some quite substantial businesses which seem to be doing very well and uh, for whom the outlook is also quite good. Uh, maybe someone will blink and place their bet.
1: Yes, this should you buy or not is a very tricky one because nobody wants to look at a, a mug and sort of buy just as values crater and uh, you're, you look as though you've hugely overpaid because that's a surefire way of destroying a deal but uh, i think people are gradually coming to the conclusion that things are really uncertain but that uncertainty uncertainty is not going to lift any time soon so if you've got a good case to make a deal if there's a strong business case um one that is a Beyond the simplistic buy low sell high, um you can get out there and do the deal. Um if you're convinced that we're not about to go off a cliff edge with values that is. Um I don't think that looks like the case. I think a lot of the repricing has already happened. Um the good news in terms of hospitality assets, we do seem to be um, more in favor than any of the other major commercial asset classes like office or retail or even uh, logistics which uh, uh, because it got so tight in terms of the yields uh, um, i think there's a quite a bit of repricing going on there um, so i think from from that perspective um, hospitality assets do look relatively much more attractive than others so and i think people are saying well look we it's not going to get any clearer um it doesn't look look like we're actually going to go into some sort of major meltdown um and this makes a lot of sense for us we've got a good business case here let's go out and do it so um i think there will be um this pickup in deals i don't think you know what's interesting is when we've been talking about this sort of a month um, certainly two months ago um even you know just when we were in in Berlin at the IHIF, um, that looked very positive indeed then and I think you know everybody was convinced that yes we're going to see a big pickup in deals in the second half of uh, twenty three I don't think that pickup is going to be quite as big as hoped for but it will be better than it has been in the first half I mean admittedly this is a very low base (laughs) um, that we're, we're that we're building off but I do think it's going to be better and it'll gradually get better and better as we as we get into things and it finally becomes clear we're ending the rate hiking cycle and we're you know we we'll come out of that of course into a recession so it's uh, off off one bit of bad news we're going to head into the other but i mean if you if you want some sort of um Uh, sort of silver lining in all these clouds. Um, I looked at some forecasts by Nouriel Roubini, is a professor of economics at NYU Stern School of Business and uh, his nickname is Doctor Doom and uh, um, famously um, author of The Black Swan and all these other business books um but um even dr doom is is not suggesting it's a catastrophe lying ahead um I, he, he's saying that actually we've we've avoided the the major um landmine of a um banking crisis you know we were talking about that a month or two ago um, um as a potential but we seem to have avoided that one and uh, what he's suggesting actually it's going to be a mild global recession um ahead um i'll take Take that from somebody called Dr Doom.
0: Well, the OTAs, the big established OTAs, have spent the last few quarters uh, slugging it out to regain and retain market share. Um, they've, they've claimed a bit back at, at large from the uh, direct booking uh, hotel brands. Uh, but they've been spending handsomely on advertising almost all with google to ensure that they can uh, uh, keep their keep their market share as the market has reopened and, and grown back once more however while they're working on such things as ai and other clever things to um, uh, enhance their their service going forward we are seeing uh, a a new Uh, thread of of upcoming newcomers into the space who are going to be trying different things and uh, well if one of these really works then who knows where that could lead Um, one of them is a company called Hotel Slash now they have been in uh, car hire for quite a long time and they're now moving into the hotel space they offer a service where they have a membership uh, based offer and you can jump onto their service and basically it'll work out for you if you book a hotel room um, then and and the price drops it'll alert you so you can uh, potentially you can cancel your previous booking and rebook at the lower rate Um, that's quite an interesting uh, business model they've had say they've had it working for perhaps a decade on car hire and uh, been very successful so who's who's not to know whether they're going to do okay in the hotel space they've been testing this for a couple of years quietly already um, and seems to be as well worth the saving for those who'd like to sign up of course here in europe we've got uh, eDreams or Digio they are already working on a uh, s- growing a, a successful subscriber base doing something similar um, again offering kind of behind a paywall some additional discounts and so on and then the other sort of tech-based Uh, startup which is heading into this area is a company called Sleep S-L-E-A-P. They are looking at at using blockchain technology which they say will help uh, ensure greater security of transactions as well as offering lower costs. So here's a new pretender who's threatening to reduce commissions something many hoteliers love complaining about um, as well as reducing the whole problem of fraud and problems with uh, transactions Uh, they'll also apparently take cryptocurrency for your hotel payments uh, which they reckon will appeal to the millennials. Yeah I mean I think the thing that
1: binds all of these things together is, is um, the perception among consumers that this is where you go to get a deal um, and this is what led to the ascendancy of OTAs back in the early 2000s in that post 9-11 period um, OTAs picked up a lot of distressed inventory um, notably Expedia actually with their merchant model um, bought a load of rooms on a um, sale or return basis, um, and they've sold it, sold it off, uh, big fat margins. Now, gradually, the you know the last twenty years has been about uh, the suppliers, the hoteliers getting control of their own inventory and uh, you know, taking back control from the OTAs. Um, and I would suggest that grad that we are just about at the point where certainly the big brands have pretty much done that um, so I, I think that they are in a lot happier place or in a lot stronger place that's not to say the OTAs have gone away um, I think you've only got to look at the market cap of um, um, the OTAs to see just how powerful they remain I mean booking at the, the time of recording this podcast booking was 99 billion US dollar market cap Airbnb which is really the private rental OTA that was just under 80 billion. This contrasts with Marriott's uh, market cap, a touch over 53 billion, and Hilton's a fraction under 37 billion. So clearly, um, the OTAs are still seen as, um, from a from any stock market investor perspective, as a, a better bet than the the big names in the hotel business. Um, I don't think though that for the big chain, the big hotel chains OTAs are um, the existential threat they once looked like uh, a few years ago. So that's good news I think. Um, What you're touching on in your piece Chris, with this whole subscription model. Now we've been fans of this, I think there's a lot of potential within it if people can work out how to to deliver it and make it work. Now um, we're recording this on the same day as Accor's uh, Capital Markets Day and I think there's some stuff in that about subscription pricing um, which um, I've yet to get into fully but that looks quite interesting the first global major hotel chain to really um, have a look at this. I mean, we've had a few smaller groups. Uh, Citizen M, for example, had a look um, at this kind of stuff. But it is the uh, the, the threat potentially from um, the newer OTAs. I mean, you mentioned eDreams at Digio, um, but I do think that's probably going to be a bit of a minor threat. Uh, just if we're talking market cap and relative power, uh, um, eDreams is uh, 820 million euros so it's a much mm. smaller uh, beast really than the other OTAs um, and also I do think subscription pricing ought to be something that favours um, suppliers um, so Accor could well be on to something here um, we'll take a look at it and see and report back in due course but uh, I don't think there's uh, from a sort of Uh, investor in hotel brand company majors i don't think there's too much to be worrying about um right now from otas or indeed this subscription pricing piece
0: and that's time for our five stars and no star awards of the week and uh five stars this week are going to those involved in some creative refinancing we've seen a trio of deals this week uh all involving alternative lenders uh just quickly list them so arras have been lending are lending 300 million Pounds to Cola Holdings for some against some assets, including the Hilton in Kensington. Topland have been uh, supporting the developers of the Indigo Hotel in Exeter with a 20 million pound loan, and uh, one of the upcoming pretender banks, Oak North, have agreed a development uh, loan, a 22 million pound development loan uh, for Ability Hotels um, for expansion of the uh, Hampton at Edinburgh Airport. So the the funds are out there if you're prepared to be creative.
1: Yeah I mean it is getting that ICR in line but as you say Chris I mean quite astonishing that uh, you know that there is that development finance piece Um, so it's um, you know all all power to Oak North and uh, their clients.
0: And no stars are going this week to politicians in Ireland who uh, are all getting terribly hot under the collar because uh, hotel room prices in Dublin went rather high recently it spiked because there was a massive Taylor Swift concert in the city and uh, guess what lots of people want to come and see it and um, they've all started shouting about the fact that uh, high hotel room prices are are uh, embarrassing for our Irish tourism uh, we say leave well alone and let the market decide it's very rare that these spikes in in prices occur and getting all Excited about just, you know, one one night in a in a couple of years is really kind of uh, putting your effort in the wrong place.
1: Yeah, and if they want to do something about it, they might look at loosening up um, planning because that's a thing. <laughs> Having a little bit more supply will help fix the problem. But um, and and yeah, sorting um, out
0: sorting out accommodation uh, for um, uh, asylum seekers as well, perhaps releasing some more so releasing some more hotels yeah, back into well, the market. Uh,
1: yeah well quite yeah yeah, yeah no, exactly so you know that, that all that all ties in doesn't have you know more appropriate accommodation for asylum seekers to allow those hotels to come back online but certainly allow development yeah. as well um which you know th- it, we've had these blocks in in urban areas for so long now um, um which is just crazy and this is the result and uh Um, the equivalent of rent controls are not the answer
0: right and all that free market message we'll say goodbye for now